Welcome to another episode of Fight the Burnout. Uh, again, uh, where we interview uh, first responders, current ex, uh, and those services that, that assist out um, with with those um, first responders. Before we get started, I'm going to preemphasize this all as I always do. If you've listened to any of these, make sure you take one thing away from today and just start taking it and putting it into action. You know, we we interview. I've interviewed multiple people. And, you know, the tools and skills are all very similar, just set in different ways. Some are different, some are new, but you'll hear them differently each time. And if you just listen uh, and you never take any action on it, you may as well not even listen. So please do take some action uh, because we're uh, information overload everywhere. So uh, we need to start taking action overload is what we really need. Uh, but without further ado, we have Deborah Green. Uh, we will preemphasize this because we'll probably talk about it a little bit. We have done an interview before and a recording, but it went to the wayside. So we're doing it again, which is awesome. Uh, so it's going to be better than ever. Uh, and Deborah is a 28-year... Uh... Was locked and loaded and ready to go, but that was a last resort. Should I have been shot at again, I could have pulled that up. But it was just one shot that... Yeah, <laughs> I was, was going to say, yeah, what's a pistol going to do it like, you know, I, 200, I, 200 yards away? <laughs> exactly. You know, and you have these gang members that are driving by going, we know you don't have ammo. And it's just like, really great. Thanks. Hi, have a yeah. nice day. <laughs> so you had no ammo for, ammo for your M16 at all? No, at all. No. Oh. Do they still do that? I hope not. Let's not let's not I, tell people oh, what they I actually do or not. Oh, my it, gosh. It, that was a big that was a huge thing. Um, And then. A couple days later, we were uh, in formation outside after dinner one night, and somebody dropped their sidearm, and the sidearm went off. And so you're watching 120 people in formation just hit the deck because we didn't know where it came from. So, yeah, that yeah. was interesting. So a little traumatic, you know, and the stress being there that these are my own people that I'm, you know, that this yeah. is happening with rather than what I had been trained with, you know, go against another country. So yeah, yeah it was a little, a little stressful. Yeah. That would have been, that would have been, did you guys have any, I know this is back in the nineties. Uh, things are completely different now, but back then, did you guys have any kind of like support afterwards? Any kind of, did they, no. any services, anything at all that they kind nothing, of. Nothing, nothing. So... Though they are kind of recognizing that, um, pardon me. Um, that, some of us back then went through a trauma. Yeah. So the VA is able to, they, they would have covered me, but my deductible, was it my, no, my copay was $350 a visit to see a VA psych psychiatrist. <laughs> I can't afford that. No. So I couldn't Not to go mention, isn't VA, that, is, yeah. isn't, uh, how much is a, is an appointment with, with the VA psychiatrist? Who, who knows? I was gonna say, I don't <laughs> think it's much good. more. I don't, I don't think. I'm gonna say, I normally they're not a whole hell of a lot more than that, anyways. But oh my yeah. gosh, yeah. So um, I tried to go through the VA to get some psychiatric help. Yeah. You know, with everything that I've been going through, but yeah. That, yeah, that no, and and all right. So you had all that stress and stuff happen back then. Didn't really go through do that. Then you obviously go back to academy, finish off dispatching. Yes. yes. And then you went to Sacramento, correct? Um, Sacramento police. Yeah. yeah. You went to Sacramento police. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. It was interesting. There. It was a big department. Um, uh, my first 911 call was mom found her daughter dead in a bathtub from suicide. So yeah, 
Um, I think we we had a kidnapping that I was actively involved with helping to solve that crime. Um, we got a partial plate, and so I was able to find the address of this where this person was, and we got the the kid back. Um, and then my last call was a pursuit. And they got the guy in the backyard and uh, there was a canine involved and a dog bite and all sorts of stuff going on. And um, yeah, so that, uh, you know, I mean, it's a, it was big city stuff. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, not like where I ended up when I went to El Dorado. So uh, Sa I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. Sacramento, they let, let me go on probation. So I was only there 11 months. Yeah, but they did give me glowing recommendations for any other smaller agency that I wanted to go to, and that's awesome. And I know, like you know, we've talked about it, and I'd love for you to expand on if there's anything you know more that we need to. But you know, they recognize, okay, cool, this isn't quite the right role for you, but we can see your potential, we can see what you're capable of, right. that you're really good, but just not in the environment that we're in. And so instead of just giving you the boot and going, not nah, see you later, we don't care about you. They actually went, cool, we'll give you glowing recommendations and that to any kind of, but we recommend that you go to a smaller department. And this is quite important for, you know, other officers out there is some officers aren't designed for big city. Some right. officers are designed for more rural. Some officers mm -hmm. aren't designed for rural. They're designed for more big city stuff because oh, it absolutely. is different policing is different dispatching. Like you said, it's different work. And that's the same thing for firefighters, for EMTs, all of it. It's different environment, different work. And so just because you're not don't fit in, I guess we could call it um, to one place doesn't mean that you don't fit in somewhere and you don't belong. Somewhere. Right, right. Um, so tell us a little bit about that transition, because I know you went to it's El Dorado. I, I always El, forget El, it. El Dorado. Yeah. El Dorado, El, yeah. A lot always... of people in the a lot of people in the Midwest and back east say El Dorado. And it, I just cringe. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's not El Dorado. Um, no. <laughs> so El Dorado. So you went to El Dorado, and from from memory, it's a pretty big area with not a whole lot of officers. Right. So we go from uh, basically the Sacramento County line to Nevada, and we encompass um, urban that moves into rural that moves into like forest. And then, um, so we have soup to nuts in our camp in that county. Um, so you could be taking, you know, kind of urban, more urban calls, and then you'll have a search or rescue out in the middle of nowhere at the yeah. same time. <laughs> How'd you find it compared to like the city work? Obviously, city works, I take it very high paced, it's very, I mean, big jobs. You could, I don't want to call it big jobs, but. How how would you compare the two? There's more critical incidents that occur in in a larger city mm. every, within a shorter amount of time than there is in a more rural county. So we would have maybe a murder every couple years where a big city might have it every couple days. <laughs> or depending on where you so are, maybe every couple you know, hours. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, you know, it just, and then you'd have, you know, you have bear calls, you have animal calls, you have search and rescues, you know, the farm accidents also, you know, it's, it's, you run the gamut in a rural County. Yeah. 
Yeah. So how how do you see that? Like, obviously, you I know so many people have gone from military of some sort into law enforcement or first responding of some sort, dispatch. How do you see that that there's a benefit there? Um, they're both structured. So you're learning. So in um in the military, you're going through basic training and you're learning that structure and you're learning. Uh, the hierarchy and you know basically how to take care of yourself and it just kind of helps you grow up a little bit and then when you go into the into public service you still have that structured environment and and rules and regulations and it i think it's a really good transition for anybody from the military to go into law enforcement and what do you reckon from the mental side of of, of things like the mental health side of stuff Get a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Immediately. Cool. She's, she's dove straight into it. Okay. So, yeah. So, if you're, military, if you're military going into the police, get a therapist. If you're just police or fire, first responder dispatch, <laughs> just, just get a therapist regardless. Just get a therapist. You know, you want to start out with it because, you know, uh, we're going to be talking about it. But yep. I mean, if you get one now, you have that time to find that person that has the right fit while you maybe not need them yeah it's also you can build that rapport like i know coaches of mine it's taken me three months to really or even therapists counselors it's taken me a good half a dozen sessions to actually go okay cool i can like them not just even like you know now now these days kind of trust people pretty quick and i'm pretty open book and uh, you know like you are Mm -hmm. tell our stories a lot we we talk about it a lot so we're willing to talk about this but even if you're that way or when we're first responders we definitely are not normally um it can take three at least three sometimes six sessions to act for them to actually understand you and your little intricacies and the way you talk about stuff and for them to actually interpret stuff the way that you actually mean it and so if you're going through hell already needing help quickly and you're going through that stage it can be that whole thing of this person doesn't understand me they don't get me and so they're just failing me right (laughs) <laughs> Whereas, like you said, if you get in there early where you don't need that help necessarily, then you can right. actually, they can get to know you when you're you. It's like, I say this all the time and my wife and I talk about it all the time as well. And I'd love to know your thoughts and with your relationship, um, because were you married when you went into dispatching or I am, with your partner? Yeah, I was with husband? my second husband. I'm yeah. on my third husband. Right, your third husband. Okay. <laughs> Well, my my wife, we you know, we we luckily, you know, and we talk about this all the time. She's a very strong woman and she, you know, but she knew me well before I even thought about law enforcement. Right, right. And so she and knew I... the tr- she knew the true me. And oh, she was yeah, so and she yeah, was able she was good. able to get actually dra- like actually go, wait a second, this is not Chris. And yeah, I and yeah. I was willing to actually get help at that time, and we worked through stuff together. Oh yeah, and so well, my yeah, my current husband has known me as a dispatcher the whole time. Yeah, but he also is really understanding. Yeah, and knows because he's not in law enforcement, and yeah. and and girls make sure to get a guy that's not in law enforcement. Don't marry those coppers. I'm telling you, I, boy. It can either be a great thing or a lot of the times it is a destructive thing where it's like, because, well, because, well, because you're both in that trauma all the time. And so there's no yin and yang to drag you back out of it. Right. You're both doing your own thing. So, um, 
I'm just kidding. I just, but, um, <laughs> but my husband's been my rock and he, but he's known me. He's seen me, you know, evolve, evolve through the years. And, um, midway through my career, I had open heart surgery. So, um, there's a thing called post perfusion syndrome, which I have, which causes an, um, a magnification of symptoms you had mm -hmm. before the surgery. So it took my depression and anxiety, which were manageable and said, hello, <laughs> we need, you know, here we are, let's do something about this. So I started therapy in 2016. Yeah. Um, And took, I've gone through how many, how many therapists have I gone through? Four, four therapists. And the gal that I have now, I've had for four years, and she's wonderful, wonderful. So how does it, like, I've got so many questions, but how <laughs> is it, and not just for myself, but more more for, you know, listeners and viewers, so they because they can't ask questions. Um, four therapists, why didn't you give up? Why didn't I give up? Yeah, why didn't you give up? Like, you know, four therapists, like I know so many people that are like, ah, therapists don't work after the second one or because third one. Because I had I had some fabulous coworkers and my <laughs> husband <laughs> that said, You will do this. <laughs> you need I, you, to get help. But why did you? Because I needed help. Okay. So you deep down inside I, inside I, you I knew you needed it. I knew that I needed help, but I didn't know what I needed. And it was nice to have somebody from the outside say something's wrong and yeah. we need to get you some help. And after my first, I went through EAP first, which is yeah. the employee assistance program and went to one session with the therapist and realized I'm going to need more than the three that they're going to allow me. So I so went for, for you route. guys with the EAP stuff. Can the, can the counselor or therapist actually request more from the department if it's no, work-related? I'm, I'm not sure. I think because if it's he, work- Here in New Zealand, they can. They can they're can. they like, it's three that you get for free. And then after that, they we can request more. As oh, so, so I'm not sure if they-, they I, I had my own insurance that covered it. Oh, so yeah. I just went through my own insurance. Um, and it was a lot easier that so way. Did you use the same first lady or- um, so now the first lady I had, I spent 30 minutes every session trying to explain to her the hierarchy of a paramilitary system. <laughs> All right, we'll do it. That will, that will get and, you. And so, what? yeah, so she didn't kind of work out. And then the second guy or the third guy that I had, he got transferred to another place. Uh, yeah. uh, another hospital and that was too far for me to go to. And yep. then I ended up with the, the gal I have now. Well, I'm very grateful that you got the gal that you have now, because I know, you know, she's helped you a lot for those out there that are going through that same situation where they're like, Oh my God, this person just does not get me, but they don't want to go through the whole, like, I mean, you can attest to it. And I'm sure you can talk about like the whole, like, and now I've got to go through this all again and start all over again and get to know this right. person. And is this person going to be the same as this? How did you get through that period four times, three times? Oh my gosh. It was rough. It really is because you're kind of, 
you feel like you're repeating yourself all the time. Mm. Um, but the end result, once you find that person, the end result will be worth it. What'd you focus on during those sense. times when you were repeating, when you were having to repeat yourself? So you actually uh, kept going. Just a lot of deep breaths. <laughs> like, okay, let's go over this again. <laughs> yeah. Were you more focused on the fact of, okay, I need, I need this help. And so I'm like, I don't want to be where I'm at. So I need this help really. Like, and so I will go through this yeah. as many times as I have to, till I find the right person. Absolutely. You know, it just, uh, I knew I needed the help and I just, I, I was at that point where I just, said, I'm going to do this. You know, some mm. people don't have that mindset. Um, but I was like, I have to get better because I need this job. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> and then you left the job. And then I left the job. <laughs> so let's talk, let's talk a bit about the um so you know for people out there that are listening, you know, in that and they they they're like, oh maybe I'll get a therapist. But you know, I've heard all these horror stories about first responders and therapist not you know working out and them not understanding us and and all that what would you say you know it would be your recommendation or something that would help them to be able to find that person a little bit quicker than you know having to just trial and error there's a lot of resources out there um first responder support network here in california i don't know if they're nationwide i apologize but they have resources that can get you a law enforcement friendly or military friendly therapist that will help you find them or give you a therapist in your area that can help you find somebody in your area because there's there's a lot of them out there but they can't that there's not enough to handle all the people it, that are first responders yeah there's so, a lot of first responders out there which we yes. need and we need more of them <laughs> we, we need more <laughs> uh Okay, so let's talk a little bit about, obviously, you said you had open heart surgery and it brought up all the different traumas. Would you say that that's your, that was your catalyst of knowing that you needed to get help? Or was it, did it come after that, that you're like, oh, whoa, this is like, there's stuff going on here. And was it you or was it your partner? I, or <laughs> I didn't realize how much stuff there was. Mm. I mean, up until that point, you know, where I couldn't control um the depression or anxiety and and uh more than likely i had ptsd stemming back to 1992 um so there wasn't i was i was okay until i wasn't okay if that makes any sense no, it makes it for anybody who's gone through it like yeah, i totally i totally get it you know and then there's that whole thing of i thought i was okay until i really was definitely not okay um, yes uh, so there's and like it just it was over the course of six months yeah that i just went to not okay did you recognize her or did somebody else recognize it and say something i knew something was going on because i was angry all the time and mm -hmm um crying all the time and my i had symptoms physically that were strange you, you know just a general tenseness and my blood pressure was out of control and we were s switching my meds around and yeah it was a good good time had by all <laughs> yeah definitely definitely um what would you 
was there any like key was it just the accumulation of all the stuff from like obviously military all the way through all the different calls that you've been that you'd been on Oh, yeah. was there Oh, anything yeah. any key thing that you would say for people to kind of watch out for like if they attend or if they as a dispatcher they you know they they attend on the phone or over the radio would there be anything specific that you'd be like hey you know for me this was definitely it it might be the same for 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 somebody else What my coworkers noticed was I would, was quick to be angry. My, my threshold was there wasn't one, you know, if somebody, even somebody's voice on the phone would irritate me and I didn't know why this was happening. So, you know, it was just, uh, there was a lot going on <laughs> physically and emotionally and, And, and all of that, um, I mean, if you look at all the symptoms for PTSD, I had them and it was just, I couldn't see them, but everybody else could. And luckily I had those fabulous coworkers that, you know, took me aside and had that intervention and said, get yourself some help. Here's, here's a number, call it. Yeah. Why do you think you listen to them? Because I know so many people out there that like are like, nah, I was like defiant against it. I was like, I'm fine. Like even I was like for the longest time, I was like, nah, I'm all good. I'm fine. Yet I would just explode at the most random stuff. Some days I'd be great. But then the other days, like that short fuse, you just. I just, I just knew something was wrong. I just wasn't that person anymore. And it was, it was hard to put my finger on. Yeah. You know, I'd say I was fine, but I really wasn't. And the 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 people that had the intervention with me were my close friends. So I knew that they weren't going to bullshit me. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I'd like you know. Glasses up to them because that's that that that's that takes <sighs> some that takes some power and that takes some love to do that yeah. for somebody to be like like to come together and be like hey we we love you and that we and we we know that there's something going on that we want to help you work through and be there for you um so you went through all that when was that that was 2015 was my surgery yeah so 2015 you had the surgery then you were going through different stuff it brought everything up and then How was your career after that? Um, well, <laughs> kind of spotty. I had some, you know, behavioral issues, I guess you would call it. <laughs> um, but nothing too terrible. You know, I was going to a support group every week, which was really good. And if I was on vacation, I go twice a week um, because I wanted to get better. So I was putting in that effort to keep my job and and all of that um And how until was work? How was work during this time? Did they know that it was going on, or did you keep oh it yeah secret? i was very vocal in the fact that i was going and getting help um because i wanted other people to know that hey i'm going to get help you know i i was a tough cookie and and it happens to the best of us and maybe it would have taken you know somebody else would have gone and gotten help also Yeah. Yeah, were the I were the supervisors and the bosses and all that on board with you, or did you have any oh backlash? yeah Or uh well, I had one supervisor that decided to um uh take me down the the 
uh, what they call them a PIP, a uh, performance improvement plan. So the 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 um, disciplinary route, rather yeah. than saying, "Hey, you know, you're getting some help. Let's do some other things besides sit there and micromanage you and write you up every time you blink." How'd you deal with that? Because I know there's so <laughs> was, many people out there that had that was that, rough. Have that. That was rough. It really was. And, you know, I was crying on the way home and crying on the way to work. And um, she was the type that micromanaged also. So I was second guessing everything I was doing. Hmm. So, you know, it just it it was not a good. She was not a good fit for me, if that makes any sense. <laughs> makes total sense to me. Makes total sense to me. So. What would you say that like kind of, you know, now you've kind of gone through it. I know you're retired now, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so you're retired now and, you know, you're you're now telling your story and going around telling your story everywhere, uh, which is amazing. What would you, what, you know, what are the key things that you kind of, that you like to, you know, the message that you like to pass on to people to, to help? I'm all about that prevention side of stuff. Yes. You know, the prevention stuff is going to help you when, when you're in the meat of it as mm -hmm. well. What would you like? What are those key things that you would say to like really help prevent others from getting where you and I both did? Um, oh my gosh. Um, communicate with your coworkers and, and form those friendships or bonds or working relationships that you can tell each other, Hey, what's wrong? Something's wrong with you. You know, so that you have those because we have to look out for each other if we're going to succeed in this in this profession. Um, and, you know, get therapy and another one <laughs> and but take classes and educate yourself on on the depression, on the anxiety, um, because they all have cycles that can, if you break one little link in the chain, that you won't go into that that spiral into down the toilet. Uh, I, lo <laughs> I, I don't love know it. how else to describe that. Yeah, no, it makes no, it makes it makes it makes it makes total sense. You know, if you if you if you don't if you don't look after yourself, you will end up in the toilet. Oh yeah, you know, it's it's just... plain and simple. You know, if we're not growing, we're dying. Uh, and we don't really want to die because there's too many people dying already. Uh, yes, yes, yes. It was it was interesting. I was talking with somebody just the other day, uh, and I between last time you and I talked, I, I saw a thing. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Simon Sinek. I know most people kind of are familiar with him, but he talks a lot about no. the why and purpose and mm. and that. And he was talking about a thing uh, that it takes about eight minutes for most people to work through something. If you have eight minutes of support, undying, like, like no distraction support, you can, you can kind of work through stuff. And I saw this little reel, somebody sent it to me, uh, on him talking to being interviewed. I think it was on a podcast where he was interviewing somebody else and they were talking about this. And so he has this thing with his wife, I believe it is, uh, where he goes, uh, I just need eight minutes. Oh, wow. Or do you, or he says, do you have eight minutes? And so it's like a code mm -hmm. word for I just need some support and I just need eight minutes. Wow. And so whether it be uh, he's going to, you know, like talk about what's going on, whether he's just going to sit there with them, they know that they need to give him eight minutes of dedicated being present with with him. 
And so he and his wife have this thing where they do that. And so if they're having a, if there's something tough going on, they go, they just send that text. Do you have eight minutes? Wow. And they go. That's and awesome. The, yeah. And I'm just like, <laughs> that makes so much sense. You know, it's, uh, yeah, it's the first time I've heard about the eight minutes thing, but it's a good thing to go, you know, for, to have with people. Like I do a buddy check in with friends. Like last night I went through and sitting on the deck, having a, having a drink, chilling out, watching the sunset. And I was like, oh, like a bunch of my friends were just popping through my head. Like a bunch of them were ex-first responders or current first responders. And I just messaged them all. I was like, hey, just thinking about you. Checking in. Took a selfie of myself. I was smoking a cigar and having a, and ha and having, and having a <laughs> rum on the deck. And I was like, just thinking about you having a cigar, having a rum. And just wanted to, you know, make sure you're, you know, you're all good. Oh, yeah. I just sent it to a whole bunch of different people just to, just to check in. Not that I need anything, not that they need anything, but just to let them know that, that I'm there, you know, and it goes in return. I get it sometimes, you know, occasionally from them as well. It's like, hey, just send a mm -hmm. buddy check in. And it's just that kind of that, that support that I've found works really well. And then I also heard this thing of, um, and this is for everybody so that they, you know, can, can work through this and implement it into their lives in different places is it only, it takes us 90 seconds to work through an emotion, but most of us never let ourselves actually sit in that 90 seconds. And a lot of us don't have time to sit in it as, as first responders. <laughs> but if we no, never we let ourselves, <laughs> no, if we never let ourselves or we never take the time to do it, it ends up being, we have to deal with it for a hell of a lot longer because we can't actually get to the core yeah. of it. So the sooner you can get to it, the sooner you can do it. I just had my grandmother just passed away a couple weeks ago and I was extremely close to her. And I talked about this on the last episode as well. And for some reason I had it in my head that you had, I think it was with you or it was somebody I was talking to that was like, you know, it brings back up a lot of trauma. And I think I've crossed the wires of our past interview of you talking about like having surgery and it bringing back up trauma and that and something to do with like oh, yeah. somebody's death. But anyway, but it brought back literally going through that grief and going through those gr the grief cycle mm -hmm. with my grandma passing away, brought up everything from my past and first responding. Oh, yeah. Brought up absolutely everything. I had flashbacks. I had like when I needed because I didn't actually end up being there for the funeral because they pushed it out and I couldn't be there. But I had a private viewing. But in my head, it was just going to be her on a gurney. And like and I was like, oh, she, I cannot have her looking like one of the people that I've dealt with on the street. Right. That I've had to, you know, a, a, a deceased person or a deceased body. And so I, ha I had it in every single one of the deceased people went flashing through my head. As soon as, wow. as soon as they said yeah. she might be embalmed, she might not. And I was just like, every single one of them, I was like, wow, this is bringing up so much stuff. And I realized that I've dealt with most of it, but there's little things that I haven't dealt with. Yeah. Little things that I've oh, got to, yeah. I've got to work back through. And so, you know, this is the thing I want, you know, I want to say out to people as well. And I know we've talked about it already is you've got to continuously have that support. We cannot, yes, we're not, we're not superheroes. Definitely. Mm -mm. Nope. Nope. You know, and there's such a big difference between, you know, 30 years is a long time to, to be in this type of job and just seeing the evolve peer support and trauma support evolve into what it is now has been incredible. Yeah. It's way better. Even just in the last five to, you know, five years, six years since I got out watching the oh, evolution yeah. of everything. It's, it's, it's incredible to see. And, you know, to all those out there that are skeptical of the direction that things are going with the support side, 
I, you know, I say, you know, lean into that support, request more, demand more. Because if you Absolutely. have that, if you, you know, if you have that opportunity to be able to debrief things, to be able to go to a counselor, to be able to, you know, have that stuff, go to it. It's not about making you weaker. It's about making you stronger mentally wise, because then you can actually turn up to jobs and you're actually clearer in the head. Whereas Deborah, tell me when you were going through all your stuff, how were you on the phones? How were you on the radio? Were you as good as you were 10, like 15 years prior? You know, when you're going Oh, yeah. through, when you're going through the hell of it, your <laughs> mind's not as so, clear, but as soon as you started to get work, get, get help, I'm sure it cleared all back up. Hey, the things with internet, with, with, with internet on the other sides of the world, you know, Woohoo. it, it, things, things freeze up every so often about, don't they? Um, yeah, what I, what I was, what I was saying, Deborah, which I, I think you, I think you heard it, but like when you were in the, in your hell and you weren't getting, before you were getting support, would you say your mind, were
hiding them and you know uh, there's a lot of stuff that you just kind of stuff in because you want you want to look to be that that strong person and mm. you didn't want i didn't want to seem weak to people yeah and process and cry a little more than i <laughs> than i did and you know that's how i process out a lot and uh <laughs> it it's um It was a it was a damn stressful job and um just having having other outlets too rather mm -hmm. than uh um hanging out with you know your your law enforcement friends and things like that um my my current husband uh we did a lot of things um like just take off for the weekend and just go somewhere mm. which was really helpful yeah um but we we didn't do that the last few years I was I was working and I think that attributed a lot to my stress and depression and and things like that. We just didn't take up, you know, COVID COVID really sucked. Yeah, COVID <laughs> did a lot of things. just couldn't take off and go do something. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> you know, so so it's good it's good it's good to talk about this because I know one times are different. You know, times have changed. Um, things are slightly different, you know, things are more accepting around that, that, that talking around getting emotional about stuff and, and actually letting things go. I know yeah. even when I was in, I never felt comfortable enough to actually talk to my coworkers about the stressful things. Yeah. We just, we, we used humor, which is a good thing to get through, you know, in that, in that time, but you still got to go back. And like I said, you got to go back and process it. Yeah. Uh, and so I think it is the times have changed now where, it's more accepting to actually, you know, not at the scene and when you're dealing with stuff, but, you know, or, you know, while you're on the call, but it's like afterwards, like actually taking a moment, you know, there's welfare rooms and there's things like that where you can go and you can, oh, yeah. you can actually let things out. You can go ahead and have conversations with your coworkers in those areas where you're not in the middle of, you know, of doing stuff. Um, but I, I challenge people to actually use those, like use those, use that ability and use these, the mm -hmm. change in the times so that then when you are out on the street, you are doing stuff, uh, it doesn't hit you when you don't want it to. Exactly. You know, I mean, being out on the street, I'm sure uh, I would want the guy that's in therapy that's 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 true to his feelings and processing his this information to be my backup rather than the guy that's stuffing everything down inside and not dealing with it. Yeah. You know, I mean... <laughs> It, the people that stuff it down inside are the ones that are going to freeze the ones that you know yeah. are going to be overly angry out on the street you know you don't want that you want somebody that's going to be level-headed and knows how to process all of this stuff on, on the fly well i can i can tell you this i'd rather have somebody who's seen who's doing therapy and you know actually processing and letting their emotions out on their breaks and and that as a as my dispatcher who's telling me what to do because as i have mm -hmm. like past clients and stuff that i've trained to get into the place and some that i'm still training to get in at the moment currently uh they're dispatchers and as i say to them like, it's like i never really recognized this until i was out but you are the eyes and ears like you're the eyes that i don't have like you see the bigger picture of what i can see i relay information from what i see to you and then you overlay it and you know where everybody is and so if you have a, if you have somebody who is, you know, short fused, that isn't making rash decisions, that 
you know, like I had short-term memory loss, you know, having all this, Mm -hmm. you know, they can put me into the wrong situation. They can put you, you you know, in a real critical incident. They can put you into crossfire. They can, you know, all these different things. And so, you know, it's very essential that we look after ourselves and, and that we, you know, do the best for each other as well, not just for ourselves, but for each mm-hmm. other, you know, support those. Absolutely. If you're if you're in a good place, then support the others that aren't in a good place, because then they can be there for you when you're not in a good place. Um, and so you can kind of build each other up. Well, Deborah, it's been great. Um, anything else that you kind of want to add before I ask you my final question? Oh, no, actually, no. <laughs> I think we got it. <laughs> we did. We got it. We got it all out. And it's, it's, it's it great. It's great to talk again. What would you say your top tip to self happiness happiness is now? Now, my yeah, grandkids. Now. Your grandkids. grandkids. I love it. My I grandkids. love it. Is it the focus <laughs> of the grandkids, or is it the distraction of the grandkids? What is it about yeah, the grandkids? Yeah, that is well, I, I have my uh, I have one of my grandsons Monday through Friday uh, for childcare, and he's just fabulous. Yeah, though he has special needs, and we're going down that autism diagnosis right now, but. Um, He's fab. He's very high, um, high functioning and yeah. high maintenance. But <laughs> but uh, all the you know, it's just nice to have them all around. I got three as toddlers, and uh, my oldest granddaughter out here just turned nine. So nice. Um, so it's just you know, it's nice having them. I should have had them first rather than. <laughs> Yeah, very, very the true. Kids, but, you know, we're just, we're, we're, I'm just enjoying it. And this year I've, I've uh, decided that I'm going to do a lot more craft, handcraft stuff. So, mm. you know, just kind of getting back into doing and making things by hand and giving them out as gifts and getting stuff out of my house. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> Well, that's, that's, that's so great. Deborah. any last words before we wrap up? No. No? Well, get, I appreci- a get a therapist. <laughs> get a therapist. Get a therapist. It's very true. They're very, they're very, uh, they're very handy. Uh, well, thank you, Deborah, again for, for being here. Uh, I'm so glad, grateful to see you again. I'm grateful to hear that, you know, you're doing, you're doing even better than, you know, a couple months ago, a month ago when we talked the last time. Uh, and thanks for sharing your story. Thanks for sharing, you know, the stuff that you've gone through, the, the learnings that you've had from it. Uh, and everybody, you know, this is fight the burnout. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, please do share. Um, if you want to reach out to Deborah, we'll drop some of her links and contact information down below on how to get in touch with her, uh, in the description and, uh, just keep taking care of yourself and taking care of each other. And we thank you for what you do, uh, whether it be in law enforcement, whether it be a service that helps law enforcement or whether you just be, you know, you're just a, you know, a civilian listening to, to, you know, kind of support, uh, we thank you stay safe out there, everybody and, uh, train hard, test easy until next time. Uh, we love you all.